Hey everybody, welcome to this Ability Podcast, where we are on a mission to shift perspective, encourage others, and create community. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. I am very, very, very excited to introduce today's guest. He has uh, a superhero-like uh, Instagram handle and kind of tag. He goes by the blind biohacker, which is dope all on itself. Uh, but he also, uh, he created an incredible documentary. He's a creator. He's a DJ. He is honestly one of the most interesting people I have found in kind of this community of people with some disabilities. So I'm excited to talk to the blind biohacker. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Victor Misfoot. How are you, my friend? Hey there. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, appreciate the uh, introduction. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Well, Victor, you've, this, the re, uh, I've been having a lot of fun doing these podcasts and you've already added so much value at a distance to my life. And I want to thank you for that on the onset, because when you are vulnerable and you tell your story and you talk and I've just gotten a few things from you, you know, Matt, I downloaded the DMinder app, which is like a one-off. You kind of mentioned it on another podcast and what we can maybe talk about that in a little bit, but Hey, listen, everybody, uh, we go outside for vitamin D vitamin D is not available all the time. So you need to get the DMinder app. So I got that from you. Um, I'm also Victor. I heard you talking about red light therapy. I'm like, what is this all about? You know, I don't know, but I've done a lot of research and I'm all in, man. I'm all in. I'm sure we'll talk about some red light therapy here in a little bit, but I am, I'm in on that. And then thirdly, um, I, I honestly, I told my wife, I was going to ask your, your advice or opinions um, because maybe some of these things you've heard of, but I started looking up some kind of homeopathic um, more natural things for my nystagmus. So for the listeners that don't know, my pupils shake constantly. Um, and, and there's a lot that Victor can talk about specifically about the eyes. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things today, but I found some like homeopathic things, physostagma, I think it is. And Ruta, does that, have you heard of either of those things? Ruta, R-U-T-A and physostagma. Have you heard of those things, Victor? The, the, the Ruta, yes. The, the Pfizer Stagman, no. I I, uh, I know of it, but I'm I haven't dove in okay too much regarding that. But uh, you know, with 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 my with my research and and um, and things I've kind of uncovered, it, it seems like a lot of things can be have a root cause in, in something similar. So some of these other biohacks that can be done might even be able to tackle that issue but we can get into that in a bit yeah absolutely no I'm, I'm very excited uh so i just again man thank you for our already adding value and you're gonna add a lot of value to so many listeners today um but obviously the people i i have in this podcast they they struggle with the disadvantage or or they have some sort of disability man so uh kind of tell us your story start childhood and and we'll transition a little bit more of your journey and some some things recent but tell us tell us about yourself okay right um so it all started with, for me at about nine years old, when I was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. And for people who don't know what that is, it's a quote unquote genetic uh, vision issue or disease, whatever people call it, um, mm -hmm. where I have been slowly losing my visual field. So my peripheral vision has been shrinking from the outside inwards, leaving me with tunnel vision 
and night blindness. Those are the two main symptoms. Are mm. um, not all RP is the same in, in the sense that some people it affects. It's a group of, of inherited retinal diseases. It can hide in different genes. It could show up in different ways for, for different people. So, um, and also vision loss, as you know, is a spectrum. People, a lot of people think that right. if you're blind, you can't see anything, Yep. Uh, which is not true. Uh, my central vision is, is pretty good. I have great central vision. So whatever's in front of me, I can see it. Nice. Although it's in a small tunnel. Um, but yeah. That's so intra- is it, could you say it's like 2020 in the middle or, or is it worse than that? Or what is it in the middle? Well, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's 2020 in the middle. Mm. Um, and, uh, I've been working on, on that aspect of, of repairing my vision as right. well, because yeah. that can actually, because that can actually change and heal as well, which we'll get into. Bizarre, uh, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nine, I mean, it did, I, you know, I, I was complaining to my mother and father about, you know, playing outside with kids when it was getting dark and me just tripping over things and not sure how they were running around. And, you know, I just, I couldn't see at night and my, you know, my mom's like, how do you want to see? It's dark. There's not nothing to see. I'm like, this is different, yeah. you know, or she'd go tell me to go find something to look at something. I'd be like looking around and, you know, couldn't see it. And all of a sudden it's just, you know, right in front of my face. So you know, I got that diagnosis at nine and then it didn't really affect my life. I got, you know, cause it doesn't appear that anything is wrong with me. It doesn't, I don't look like I'm blind. Like some, some of these genetic vision conditions, people try to look at my eyes to see how blind I am, but it, it's like behind the eye. It's in the retina, it's in the cones and rods. Mm. So, you know, it's a weird invisible visual disability, mm. um, which has its own implications and, and, uh, and things like that. So, um, you know, life kind of went on. It was, it was a, it was a big struggle because I, I didn't do well in school and the teachers, you know, wasn't really told or talked about that. I was actually visually impaired. So life was a bit of a struggle. I always felt like the odd kid, you know, uh, when everyone's playing or doing other things, I was always, I felt like limited or, you know, s- stuck in, in, in some kind of ways. And, um, my eyes weren't that bad in, in some sense. I was able to get my driver's license at 16 because I felt like, you know, it didn't affect me because I, I adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got my driver's license at 16. And then at 21, I, uh, I ended up losing my driver's license because my eyes were getting worse. And, uh, you know, I drove to my jo- job. I had my own car. So that was quite devastating because it, it felt like, you know, the retinitis pigmentosis was getting worse. And, you know, I thought it was under control. And I, that really hit me pretty hard. Uh, along with other things, just life and trauma, uh, you know, growing up and, and family stuff. So it was, you know, it was, it was quite a, uh, a big thing for me, a big event in my life where it was quite traumatic. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had a, you know, a nervous breakdown, to be honest with you, wow. when I got that diagnosis, because I just felt my world was completely crumbled away. And, you know, wow. how am I gonna, you know, just the loss of my independence. Yeah, no kidding. And that's what it was. Because again, I, I lived in the suburbs. I drove to work. I had my own car. I'm, I'm 21. It's like prime of my life. Right. So, you know, after that happened, I just shut down and I was so depressed and anxiety was through the roof and it was put on a whole wazoo of antidepressants, anti-anxiety mm. medications and, you know, nothing, nothing helped. It was just a big, you know, crappy band-aid that, that didn't even work. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, life just kind of went on where things were not going the way I wanted to just failed relationships, just felt stupid and yeah. had difficulty finding employment because people, you know, other employers didn't understand what it's like to, to work with somebody who's visually impaired. So I got mm. discriminated against, you know, it's just one thing after another, you know, and life was just, just awful. I don't know. just yeah. severe depression and, and all yeah. that stuff. And anyway, um, you know, fast forward to another relationship ending. And I just thought I, I can't do this anymore. And like, I don't know what the hell to do. And I, yeah. I, was, I was absolutely miserable. Like life sucked. Yeah. And, um, you know, this was when I was, when I was 30. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, after that re- relationship ended, I was just like, you know, I, I need to do something. I, I'm, I'm so depressed. I, life is not going where I want it to go. And, and then, you know, I started going to the gym. I started like trying to like f- come across books and things like that. And, you know, within, within a week, two different people recommended this one book by Dr. Norman Deutsch called the brain that changes itself. Wow. And I thought that was a sign. So I yeah. said, two people are recommending, I got to pick this up. So I did. It was a complete game changer. It really taught me about neuroplasticity and the power of, of the mind and the brain, you know, cause I, I mentioned dealing with uh learning disabilities and right and uh and there was a story of this woman called barbara aerosmith who started this school because she herself was severely learning disabled or learning challenges yeah and, and she used these novel cognitive neuroplastic exercises that she built to to, to train her brain to, to fix her brain to make it function as one and I could completely relate to her story. And I just fell into that story. I'm like, this is my life. And, you know, the struggles that she had with relationships and, uh, and just relationships with people and just understanding the world around her was, uh, it was a huge challenge for her. So I ended up going to that school because conveniently enough, it was actually in Toronto. Yeah. The, the first school. Now it's all over the world. It's called the Aerosmith School. It's amazing. And I went as back as an adult and full time and, you know, retrained my brain, um, which was amazing. And uh, it, uh, it really taught me that, you know, the brain can change. Yeah. And, and then from, from that idea, you know, if the brain can change and we, we see with the brain, not with the eyes mainly. So if the brain is neuroplastic, like why, why can't that transfer over to the eyes? Mm. So and then I found a couple of really interesting books called Take Off Your Glasses and See by Dr. Jacob Lieberman, who goes into this, this method that existed about 100 years ago called the Bates Method, in which this Dr. William Bates was finding out that through, you know, vision exercises and specific stress reduction within the eyes and, and brain that he found that he could actually uh, radically reduce, you know, people's need for glasses wow. and even other vision issues. So that book was a game changer for me. And uh, yeah, it just made me think that, that, you know, the body's so intelligent and it, it yes. can feel like, why isn't anyone, you know, talking about this stuff and yep. that everyone's just prescribing drugs or just, you know, putting you in a diagnosis, oh, you're dyslexic, so just, you know, 
don't worry about your brain and just, you know, just compensate this way or that way. But mm. I was tired of doing that and it didn't help me and I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. So, you know, and doctors told me they didn't know how to help me. And I just said, you know, screw this. I'm going to take yeah. my with my own hands. Right. Because everything that they told me just seemed to be wrong and, and went against, you know, all that stuff. So I, uh, that, that kind of prompt like start, sparked my, my journey into healing where, you know, I discuss a lot of the stuff in my documentary called yep. my neuroplastic adventure. You know, I go into the, the, the trauma stuff that I experienced as a kid and, yep. you know, talking to therapists and different types of therapeutic modalities, psychedelic therapy as well. Um, different types of sound therapy, red light therapy, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, uh, all these kind of like ancient, ancient wisdom, modern science biohacks yeah. to, to kind of go above and beyond what, what the doctors were, uh, what the doctors even know. So sure. that was a big game changer because I started to see some really interesting results in how I was feeling and, you know, how things were kind of coming, coming into effect. And it was a big game changer. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love it. And it's funny. Some of the things you're saying, they're like, what is, what is this guy talking about? Which is so funny. Cause Victor, the things you're saying, like, uh, these are, uh, uh, you know, older things, or even they're com- becoming more modern. Right. But people are completely unaware of red light therapy and all these diff- different things. So let me just say, if you're thinking, okay, Victor, you know, what what's going on here? Uh, all this stuff is so legit. You got to watch the documentary. There's just so much we don't know about, honestly, Victor. And, and I was sharing a little bit before, uh, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I've been on this journey myself of just really taking care of my health and, and being careful what I'm eating and, and paying attention what what's being helpful to my body and, and different things. And I've seen a dramatic, uh, dramatic impact, to be honest with you, just how I feel. And um, it's exciting to me to, to try these different things and to be more healthy. Um, and I enjoy so much doing that. But I want to reverse a little bit. So you're in your thirties, right. And you're, you're dealing with all this stuff. So you had to still say yes to that book, right? You still had to, you still had to make a conscientious decision to get out of the funk, right? Like the situation you were in, the you're going through some stuff. What was it inside you, Victor? That was like, I got to do something about this. I've got to get out of this situation. Cause I think there's a lot of people that could be listening to this or a lot of people in their life or in their past, they've gone through stuff but like they never really went through it, right? Maybe they tried, but they got stuck. You are a testimony of, I went through something and then I decided to get up and, and do it. Like you, you, cre- you literally created an entire documentary, which is beautiful, by the way, an incredible documentary uh, that had an impact on me. So what was it inside you that gave you the motivation? You, you, you mentioned the word spark a second ago, but why'd you do it? Because th- there's a world where you just sit on the couch and you're frustrated and angry and you, you're, you don't want to do anything. So why'd you do it? Honestly, it was like a life or death situation. I just kept yeah. envisioning that if I'm going to be sitting on this couch forever, what is that going to look like yeah. in, you know, one year, two years, three years, four years, et cetera. Yep. And, uh, it, that, that built up from me. You know, I, I had, I had, I had a lot of days on the couch, a lot yeah. of days on the couch. We're like, this sucks, feeling sorry for myself. Where that where's this going? Yep. And and then it just came to a point where 
was forecasting my my destiny where do i want to be in four years five years yeah and I, like i couldn't live with myself if, if that's what it was going to be mm. so you know i started to 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 you know to shift the sail and 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 you know and take another direction step by step it wasn't easy yeah and um you know the universe responded as well with, with sure allowing me to meet certain doctors and uh and researchers and scientists etc who i ended up you know knowing and, and now working with or being mentored by which again that also blows my mind too so um that's really how it started and i just you know like i I use that film to, to, to motivate me and help me. And, and, and in response, I wanted to do what those books did for me by creating mm. a roadmap for people who were in my situation and didn't know how to get out, say, okay, I, I, I've been navigating this territory and I've found this puzzle piece, that puzzle piece, this puzzle piece, that puzzle piece. Yeah. Like, Hey, like here, I don't know what this all means yet, but I'm, I'm doing this stuff and, and going through it and, and uh, just wanted to share my, my story of, of what I went through as well. Just the, the act of being, you know, vulnerable and sharing like, Hey, I went through this situation. It sucks. And, uh, um, but you know, I just wanted to share. So yes. that's kind of how that film came about. And, you know, I, I did some other TV stuff and, in the past with this network that I pitched again too. Gotcha. And uh, you know, and you know, we ended up putting it together and it's great. I'm hoping to work on another one soon. Yeah. You have still, to. I'm always still researching and, and reading tons of tons of books. And you know, now I've put my uh you know my research mode into the vision optimization summit that I'm working on as well. So yeah. that you know, that's set to be coming out in, in the next month. Yeah. So basically to kind of go back to what we were saying before, everything stems from most illnesses stem from uh, a dis disconnection to uh, the, the like nature, disconnect yeah. to nature. And um, the other thing that it stems from is, is, um, you can't get well in the same environment that you got sick in. Mm. So you need to, we need to understand what environment actually means, you know, that our inner world environment or, you know, navigating our emotions, processing emotions, that's the inner world. And because that has a big effect on, on gene expression, autoimmune issues, cancer, etc. So yeah. there's a lot of data showing that. And then the other thing, the outer world, is you know what we put into our body what light environment we're subjecting ourselves to and and you know what, what other toxins that we might be exposing ourselves to so we need to understand these variables to, to make these changes thus it can help us improve our health and a lot of these things we can't necessarily see with our eyes you know right. even if we're blind or not blind. right <laughs> no pun intended Right. They're, they're invisible. You know, yeah. some of these things are in the quantum realm, you know, sure. Different light spectrums and, you know, so a lot of us are living indoors uh, under, yeah. you know, 
and that has mass implications on our health yeah. because we we are light beings and we need certain spectrums of light to function especially yeah. timed like as in you know sunrise is going to give off a certain light spectrum versus you know noon and and evening and and darkness but you know nowadays people are just on their computers all the time yeah. and these different light spectrums are 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 not timed according to circadian cycles outdoors and indoors we miss a lot of the red parts of the spectrum and the purple parts of the spectrum. So the, you know, the infrared reds and the, you know, UVA, UVBs. So, um, you know, so it's important to, to find a way to get these uh, in, in our system. So I mean, red light therapy is a prime example of getting red light to, to our system, to our cells, because it just has a, tremendous power to boost the mitochondria in, yeah. in all of our cells. And it, for people that don't know, mitochondria is like the, the power plant to all the cells and they run on, you know, they get boosted drastically by, you know, red light therapy. It's the same thing with the eyes. The most dense mitochondria is, is in our eyes. So, you know, red light therapy is shown to, to really help out, any type of vision issues, even red, red and infrared is, is such an important uh, spectrum for the eyes. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on it, Victor, honestly. And if, if you're, I, I had never heard of it and this is again, the value you added to my life, Victor, I've never heard of red life therapy. So I'm doing some research. I'm like, you know, then I'm like, all right, you know, Selena, my, that's my wife. I'm like, all right, we got to buy one of these, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a spender. And then she's like, well, you know, let's do some research. Let's get the right one, whatever. And, uh, but I'm, I'm in. So if you're listening to this, you're like, what is red light therapy? Take a second and, and look into it, do some research. Cause it's not just this like random thing. There's a ton of science behind it. And I mean, I, I just, I think it's, it's great. And it's something that we can, we can act, act uh, excuse me, absolutely leverage, but Victor, you said something, a couple of things. You, you, you said the phrase step-by-step step, and you said, put in the hard work, right? Like put in the work, get up and go. You mentioned something in the documentary, like you were, you, you discovered the transformative power of sound, light, and plain old hard work. And then you talk about some of these mentors and what I find so fascinating is that when we do make the decision, like, all right, I'm going to go on this journey, or I'm going to do this, you make that decision, and then it's incredible the doors that begin to open to you. You you speak so highly of Dr. Mate, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, you he, He's a mentor that you went and visited. But what is it about the hard work? Because I think that's similar for me, where I've had those moments on the couch, but I'm like, you know what, Clark, you have value to add to people. Like You can do something with your life to make an impact. So again, Victor Mifsud, who's in Toronto and I'm in Michigan, we've, I just, you know, heard him on a podcast, reached out to him, but he's made an impact on my life. And that's what happens when you tap into like, Hey, I can do something. So talk, talk about like the hard work aspect, getting, getting yourself up and doing something. And just, again, the doors that have opened to you because you decided to do this. It's just a matter of you know, you do, you do the work and the results will ha will handle themselves. Yeah. Um, you have to understand that the universe will kind of respond to, to your need, especially if you're doing it out of love or to, to, you know, to help people. So 
I mean, it, it wasn't easy, and there's a lot of like you know banging my head against the wall. Absolutely. So you know, I, I'm not. You know, it's not that it wasn't it wasn't easy. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just determination and taking a lot of chances. Like, you know, with this film, like I wanted to prove to people that somebody who's visually impaired or blind can can make yeah film which is incredible well again that's such an impact on me because as someone who it's frustrating victor like i I say this often because i think it's a a powerful illustration of my circumstance i've got a a nearly three-year-old girl and she loves reading books i can't read books to her and that is so painful, but I just transitioned and I tell her all these stories. I told, I tell her this crazy story about Ella, the elephant. And she went on this journey to find some chalafel root. Do I don't know what chalafel root is. I just made it up randomly. Maybe I had falafel recently. And I said chalafel root. So she always wants the chalafel root story, which kills me, but like, there's so many challenges. So another question I want to, I want to drill down on is those moments where you're banging your head against the wall or whatever. How do you keep yourself encouraged? And again, this is not, this is for everybody that they have some project or they're doing something, or there's a, a, a frustration at work. You're an example of someone who's been through some stuff. So Victor, like, as you're going through some stuff, how, how, how do you stay encouraged? A lot of it is just learning to get out of your own way and, and, and knowing that this discouragement stems from fear. Mm. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, you know, doing this, inner work you know most of us in some way shape or form were traumatized as as children you know and it's not our fault it's not our parents fault you know and there's a lot of there was a lot of blame on my part saying oh my parents treated me this way Mm, and sure so uh, there was a lot of like learning to let that go and, and understanding that they did the best they could to 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 sort of take the responsibility back in 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 my court yeah. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of emotional work that I had to do to, to find out what was blocking my way, you know, and um, that was a big part of it. There's, you know, there was a lot of discouraging moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. This is yeah. But, you know, there was always that higher desire to, you know, want to be the game changer on the forefront. I didn't know how I'm going to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still don't even think I'm, I'm there and sure. still, you know, I'm still working on it. And I, you know, I have this desire to keep, keep going. And there's never, that's the thing. Life is, there's no end point destination of life. Like, Oh, I've made it. Right. I'm just going to put up my feet and relax it's always like okay what's it's always like okay what's next yeah you know like what am i gonna do just sit on a beach for the rest of my life just with my feet up drinking margaritas sure you know that'll be great for a day or two yeah but imagine like day after day like oh my god this is this is a little boring i i I want to uh i want to learn i I still want to learn i I, i'm always just you know taking up info and, and and seeing how it can fit into to changing the world yeah that that drive that tenacity is inspiring you know i you said the word fear and that comes up on probably every episode of the podcast so far uh where people 
have talked about fear. So uh, it's such a scare, like making these steps or going on these journeys are scary because we're often like, we're afraid of outcomes that haven't even come true. Like you may have been thinking, Victor, man, I don't want to do this. No one's going to watch. This isn't going to be good. I can't do this. It's going to all these things. So then we, we don't act because we're afraid. And then the, the problem with that is that the value that you, you know, you say universe or whatever it might be, Victor, like the value that you are called to add, then it doesn't go anywhere, which is, which is unfair to the world because that the, the, the documentary you created and the conversations I've heard you have, have been a gift to me. So I'm, I'm just thankful that you overcame some of that fear and made, made the documentary and decided to, to have that get up and go. And you being a podcast where I'm blind, you're blind. We talked to, uh, talk to a lot of people with visual issues. And often the, uh, at this point it's, you know, I lost my sight, but I, you know, I've got more vision, right. You, you've even said things like that. And, you know, everyone I've pretty much talked to has said, you know, losing sight, but I gained vision, losing whatever that is. So you talk about in the documentary of the, the, you had some unconscious thoughts, you know, some things that were deep inside you, some, some thoughts that maybe you're not talking to people about, or there's some things inside that you weren't necessarily dealing with and it affected your vision. And that's not sight vision, you know, if I understood that correctly, but there were some things inside you that affected the vision for your life. So how did you begin to tackle some of those things that were inside you? Maybe it was trauma as a kid or whatever it might be. Some of those unconscious things you're dealing or I say dealing with things maybe you're not dealing with that you've boxed up, you put somewhere else in your brain and you didn't want to handle. How did you begin to tackle some of those things to actually allow your life to have vision? Well, People must understand that, you know, the, the unconscious mind controls almost 95% of, of how your body and, and brain move. So, wow. which is huge. So, I mean, your unconscious mind, you know, allows your eyes to blink, allows us to, to breathe without like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without that, I mean, you know, your thyroid is functioning and, and, you know, those early, early thoughts that were programmed into us by our parents, caregivers, teachers, all, all, you know, lay in the unconscious realm. So, you know, if you were traumatized as as a child or you weren't held or or you didn't have your needs met and that trauma didn't get acknowledged, you carry that with you as, as an adult, Um, you know, Carl Jung, his one of his famous quotes is until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you'll call it fate so the idea is to understand and to kind of get this long view big picture on on what we're what we're doing unconsciously in, in life whether it's like an implicit action where somebody talks to you a certain way and you like you know you get like hung up about it or it makes you feel like this way or you just instantly react in a in a negative way like where's that coming from that implicit bam that action yeah so you know mo- most things can be tied to you know some type of early childhood situation and even you know to go a little bit more woo woo things could be set in from from our ancestors sure trauma. sure you know, and that took me a, a while to be like, how the heck is that possible? Like, mm. 
but there's a lot of science showing that it's most definitely possible. Like traumas that our ancestors had can, could shut off genes. And then, wow. you know, we have, it gets handed down to us. Wow. So it, it, there's a big connection between unconscious trauma and how we, and the eyes as well, because some people didn't want to see this trauma that happened to them. So the body just physically blurs it out for us. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. So, I mean, it really is again on paper, it seems crazy, but I mean, all these things are real, like genes mutate. I, that's why I, I have cone rod dystrophy today because of a mutated gene in one of my parents or something like how crazy and how bizarre and that those things can happen. And who, who knows where it came from. And Victor, I often think, cause there's so many things that we don't see or, or, or we're ignorant to, right. So you're talking about some of the, you know, woo woo, right. Like you're talking about some of those things. Cause we, it also comes out and will behave like our parents. And guess what? They behave like their parents and they behave like their parents. So if there's a common thread of dealing with something because of your great grandfather went through X, Y, or Z, and then all of a sudden it, then your great grandfather, and then it continues and continues. And all of a sudden you have this imprint on you from something that happened. I've never even thought about that. Is that something tr- like physically, instead of maybe the science behind it, can, is that physically something that can take place as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this, I'm, I've never thought about that before. That, that kind of blows my mind, right? Because yeah. I've often heard uh, a story about uh, just a, it's really like a business thing. It's like the, uh, y- your wife made ham and she cuts the ham in half and uh, she, she puts it in the pan and she bakes it. And the husband's like, why are you cutting the ham in half? Like you're wasting all this meat or whatever. I'm butchering this. So please, if you know this story, I, everyone listening, I'm so sorry. And then she asked, well, that's how I, my mom did it, you know? And the, so she asks her mom, why did you do it? And she's like, I don't know. That's why my mom did it. And then you ask grandma and grandma's like, well, we had to cut in half because we didn't have a pan big enough. So all of a sudden there's years of cutting the ham in half uh, wasting meat, right? Because, oh, my mom did it. My mom did it. My mom did it. So I'm just thinking through this. I got to imagine that's the case still that we're the actions of people way before us, not even the gene stuff, just like physical things that happened are still affecting us today. Yeah. And two, two books come to mind that give a great explanation on, on how that is possible. One of them is again by Dr. Gabor Mate, and that was the first book that I read about him. It's called uh, Scattered, or in Canada, the title's called Scattered Minds. Mm. And it's about the true origins of attention deficit disorder. And wow, it's seen as his autobiography. And I was completely blown away at, at yeah. that because it just shows the, the programming that, you know, like I was, when I was reading the book, I was reading about myself. And then I was reading about my dad at the same time, like showing that, like how his actions affected my life and, yeah. and programmed me to be the way that I, I was. And, you know, that snowball probably got carried over from, you know, his dad, sure. Petra. Right. So, and it really goes, it really paints a, a, an amazing picture on how it's possible. So I highly recommend. Sure that that book and a few other ones of his books that kind of have a similar you know uh story in the sense that early childhood trauma or early childhood programming can have a you know massive implication on things and then if to take it one step further to talk about even ancestral trauma 
is a, is a really interesting book called It Didn't Start With You by Mark mm-hmm. Bolin. Wow. And he actually was, uh, like, look at it. I highly suggest looking into his story too. He yeah. was visually impaired. He started to go blind at 30 and found that through these various uh, trauma reduction techniques, he actually regained a lot of his sight back, but he was wow. tying it into you know, ancestral trauma. And he goes into different case studies of people he was working with where they had, you know, at a certain age, they, this person just had this, you know, illness that kind of came out of nowhere. And then through kind of piecing together this family lineage story, found out that, you know, a relative, you know, that this trauma happened to this relative at the same time now that this person is getting it. And it's just, again, it goes into a lot of science of neuroplasticity and how genes end up shutting off, etc. It's just so, so interesting. Yeah. So interesting. So, and um, it, it, this stuff is all crazy because we're just ignorant to it, right? We just kind of go through this Western um, growing up, you know, I went to public school and, you know, I just, there's a lot that we're just completely ignorant to. And, and you know, that's why I'm, I'm amped up talking to you because I've been on this journey already of, really for me, it's been diet exercise. And it's funny. I just, just finished a book about exercise called spark. And there's a lot of conversation about neuroplasticity and the importance of you got to get your heart rate at a certain rate. Um, you know, so many times a week, whatever, because it affects so much of your, the, the, the makeup of your brain and, and how you learn. And it's a brilliant book that I'm the author's name is escaping me. I'll have to post it, but uh, it is, it is such a great book just a, about that aspect of it. And I feel bad. Cause we're like, I'm fast forwarding through so much. Cause again, I mentioned earlier, most interesting, man, there's so many angles, so many things we could talk about. Um, you know, Victor's done a ton of things that have actually made an improvement on his vision, which is crazy to me, but I, I want to switch. So you, you say blind biohacker, right? And that's like a, you, if you, if you've never heard that term, or maybe you have, it, this is an way over simplification of biohacking. It's be, it's it's getting healthy. It's taking your health in your own hands, and it's being healthy. It's doing some research and maybe doing things uh, against the I would say the Western grain, but I it's not against the grain of like natural things or or you know whatever. So I, I'd love Vic. I'd love to talk about man just. If you were in a room, you're holding a microphone, and I was gonna say like you're talking to the whole world. What would you say? But people are actually interested because some people are just like, mm, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm living my life. I don't want to make changes. I feel fine. But some of these biohacks that you've spent a lot of time on, it, it could be for eyes. It could be for so many things. But what are some a, a top few, you know, top three, top four? Give, give us a, a few things that if you had a microphone, you're talking to these people that are interested. What are some improvements they could start um, to look into or research or begin to do in their lives that can actually make an impact? Um, on their overall well-being, you know, mental health, physical being, all of the above. What are some of those top hacks? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, a lot of these things can be free as well. Exactly. I, I got to imagine one of, go outside people. All right. But I'll, I'll let Victor tell you about going outside. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's probably one of the most important ones. And it took me a while to really understand why. Yeah. So basically the morning sun, whether it's sunny or cloudy, is gives off a, uh, a very particular light spectrum in the morning that has a cascade 
of information and signals that get sent to your body to wake up. You know, it runs through the eyes down the supercosmetic nucleus and turns a bunch of these systems on that, yeah. that need to happen. And there's a lot of data showing that is so important. So I'd suggest if you can, first thing in the morning, if you're like, watch the sun come up, mm. you know, for at least, at least a minimum of five minutes. Uh, and if you can do it barefoot, even better because you're, you're grounding your body on the, on the floor, on the grass, not, not inside, outside. If right. you can. I mean, obviously sometimes it's cold, et cetera, but you know, um, do what you can. That's very important. There's yeah. a lot of data and science showing that's very important. Dr. Andrew Huberman from Huberman Labs talks a lot about the importance of circadian biology. Dr. Jack Cruz, the same thing. Uh, Lieberman as well, like light, like really learn how to understand what your what kind of light environment you're subjecting yourself to. One of the, one of the worst things you can possibly do is wake up in the morning, pick up your phone, mm. look at it with its full brightness. Because you're telling your eye clock that as soon as you wake up, that that bright, that bright signal with the blue and, and, the, and the lux behind it is like telling your eye clock that it's, it's noon in Ecuador. Wow. Because that intensity is, is, is running the show. So you're missing all those important you know, light signals from the morning to, wow. to tell your body what time of day it is. So it, it, you're essentially like jet lagging yourself if, if that's what you do. So that's, wow. so like I said, get outside. If you wear glasses, take off the glasses. It might, you know, people, some people struggle with light sensitivity. Mm -hmm. you know, your eyes can, the light sensitivity can go away. I was the sunglasses king. I used to wear sunglasses all the time. Yeah, that's me. I don't wear them anymore. I love it. Go outside, right? Get some sun. What are some others? Uh, what are some other, some hacks? Well, the light therapy, I, I highly recommend, you know, getting a unit. Um, you know, the, I, I use a couple, there's a great company called EMR tech. Uh, it's a little device called the fire wave. It's a, it's a nice entry. I looked it up. Looks pretty sweet. Give us a beginner's guide, you know, on, on red light therapy. Basically it's, a, you know, it's a, it has two spectrum, three, the lights have three spectrums of light. There's uh, two kinds of red and then infrared. Infrared, we can't see with our eyes because it's, it's, our eyes just don't pick it up. But it, um, the infrared part of the spectrum, the wave, it's about, I think, 850 nanometers, which is how they me measure uh, light frequencies. Right. That one can actually penetrate past your skin, like inside. I think it can penetrate about six inches into the body. So it has an effect beyond the surface. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it can um, go inside the body, inside the eyes, inside the brain, almost acting like a low level laser or a cold laser, they call it. Okay. And uh, the red parts of the spectrum, again, boost mitochondria. Um, they drastically reduce inflammation, which, you know, inflammation is, is the, the, uh, the biomarker behind most uh, health problems. Wow. So... And again, we can radically reduce it. So it's basically a matter of, you know, depends on the size of the unit. I'm looking over this way because I have a, I, I now ended up picking up a, a light panel that is about four feet tall. And, um, and I stand in front of it every day for about 10, 10 to 15 minutes on both sides, put the little unit 
that I have as well. Like I was talking about the Firewave. Uh, that, again, it, it's great. If it's a great day, if it's gray outside and your body wants that, you know, yeah. sunrise signal with sunrise light frequencies, about 42% infrared. So mm. again, it's like getting this sunrise inside. And uh, there's a lot of studies showing that it can really help uh, repair a lot of aspects of vision loss, even retinitis pigmentosa. That's uh, incredible. Yeah. So there's, there's a, so basically that that's, this one of my favorites and I just feel so great doing it. And then, yeah. then there's like infrared saunas, which is for detoxing sure. heavy metals and things like that. That's far infrared spectrum. And these led lights are usually near infrared spectrum gotcha. along with red as well. So very beneficial for the eyes. Yeah. One of the most interesting part of the parts of the documentary was that, that blood test. Right. And, 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 and I, I can't, I don't know the terms and everything, but tell, tell us about that scene. In the, in the documentary, I was um, interviewing Professor Magda Havis, and she's the uh, like one of the North America's leading experts on electromagnetic fields. And some electromagnetic fields are just exist in, in nature naturally, and mm -hmm. then there's other ones that aren't natural, like our cell phone, our Wi-Fi router, cell towers, smart meters, you know, 3G, 4G, 5G. Yep. And this technology is super handy because it's powering our phones and things like that. But what are the health implications of surrounding ourselves with all of these non-native electromagnetic fields? Like when you click on your computer and you see like, you know, like seven, eight, 10, 25 wireless networks, although you can't hook up to them, they're passing through your body and brain. Sure. And um, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of science now showing that these are harmful yeah. And, uh, and uh, people are becoming more electromagnetic sensitive to these things. You know, some, some people seem to be okay with it, but I think on a biological level, they still have a tremendous effect on people. And that live blood analysis, which I, I did in my documentary is, is a, is a surefire way sign to show if, if you become electro sensitive. So what ends up happening is the blood sticks together mm. And, uh, and in order to, to move effectively through your, you know, veins and, and uh, um, one of those other smaller capillaries, capillaries, thank you. The eyes have, have the, 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 the tiniest amount of capillaries. Yeah. So, you know, it, we, we, you saw in my film, if, if there's this like fat snake log sure. type thing, how is it going to fit through those? It's crazy. Yeah. It's, and again, we can't, we can't see these waves, but right. they're, they're, they're powering the, the internet right now. Oh, man. So, and you mix in, you know, heavy metal toxicity, which most people have very high lead and mercury, which a simple, you know, uh, hair analysis or urine analysis test can, can, can show, you know, you, what happens when you put a, a fork or a piece of metal in the microwave? Yeah. So the same thing is happening. Jeez. With our with ourselves, people sleep with their cell phones beside the bed. People sleep in the same room as a Wi-Fi router. Right. I mean, this technology should not even be given to kids because, you know, again, the data showing that the like infertility is on the rise. I mean, this is a serious. It's a serious problem that people yeah. just don't want to uh, believe because it's not an immediate effect. It's not like you touch a hot stove and you just Correct. got burned yep. from it. Yeah. But. Again, if people have autoimmune issues to begin with and heavy metal toxicity, you throw in these non-native electromagnetic fields and it's scrambling 
it's scrambling people. Jeez. You know, people, you know, there, there was all these rumors of the cell phones give, give, give us cancer. Again, it's not, not everybody that smokes gets cancer. It's the same right. thing. Not everyone that uses a cell phone gets that's cancer as well. But you know, we're, we're only 20 years into the phones. When right. did we start realizing that cigarettes Jeez. cause cancer? It took 40 years. So yeah. that, that, that snowball is yeah. coming. Yeah. And now we're increasing power with like 4G, 5G, and, and everything is going to be uh, wired to the internet of things. Like, yeah. what's that going to do? Yeah. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. So I'll quickly go back to that PEMF mat, which I was lying on in my document. Oh, sure. It is basically a little mat that has a, a certain resonant type of electromagnetic field that actually realigns the cells. So some EMF, EMF can be beneficial and some could be completely harmful. So the, the ones that are used in tech, like Wi-Fi, cell phones, et cetera, is completely non-resonant and harmful. But you can dial in these proper frequencies uh, from a certain PMF machine, and it can have profound effects on, on cellular function, cognitive function, uh, um, in injury, et cetera. And then and the red light is just another addition to help, again, realign uh, the cells. Yeah. I mean, it was instantaneous. I, I say instantaneous, you know, there may have been minutes or, you know, whatever. Between. Half an hour. Yeah. Hour. I, I, there's just, there's science behind this. And again, uh, Victor, if people are hearing all this for the first time, they're like, what is going on here? I, here's the thing. Like we just, just get educated. You know, this is not doom and gloom. My goodness. These are conveniences. I've heard Victor, on. you know, Victor still has an iPhone people. It's like, like we, we, there's just decisions and choices that we can make and, and just, you know, like these devices and everything, they're, they're man-made, right? This is again, not doom and gloom. It's just, there's a lot that, that we're ignorant to. And it's just take a second and, and, and get educated on some things and, and just make the best decisions for you and your family, you know, and, and spend time outside and, and do these things and read, you know, read some books. There's a lot of great information out there. And again, Victor, we could talk for so long about everything. And I'm curious, just kind of in closing this question I have for you, there's so many things we can gain even in, in the midst of loss, which doesn't always make sense on paper, but what would you say is the number one thing, or, you know, if you've got a couple, but what's the number one thing that you've gained in the midst of sight loss? Well, I often say that, you know, going blind taught me what it really means to see mm. because there's so many things going on that, you know, people with regular full sight, we, we can't see these things, you know, yeah. from the x-ray spectrum, the, I mean, you know, AM, FM radio is passing through, like it, it has a, it has an effect. Sure. So we need to get out of that. I need to see things to believe it mm. attitude, which is okay. Wow. It's completely wrong. And it's a, it's a very egoic place to, to, to look at life from. Yeah. There, there's so many things going on. And once you kind of say that I don't know everything and just because I can't see something, it's not there. Once you kind of realize that there's that the universe is, is, is that big, powerful and important, you can learn to, you know, make these changes and, and, uh, and kind of go above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You, you've, I just appreciate that you have, you've overcome. Um, I think what's interesting is a lot of this journey was for your eyes, Victor, but would you agree that, you know, again, you've had some improvements with, with your visual fields, which is mind blowing, but even without the improvements the, just the things that you've been able to overcome and learn and the, the shifts in diet and lifestyle, if there's no further improvement to your site, 
was it all worth it just because of all the other benefits? Yes, of course. hundred percent. Yeah, most definitely. You know, it, it's, I don't know. Most people think that it's just the eyes and the problems in the eyes or it's, yeah. you know, everything, everything is all connected Exactly. and nothing will go away until it teaches you what you need to know. Yeah. Victor, thanks for nerding out with me again. You, this, this, some of this stuff was kind of crazy for people, I'm sure, but guys just look into it, man. Like I, uh, uh, this was a fun interview for me just because I've been on this, you know, I've really been looking into uh, what we're eating, what we're, we're putting in our system and, and, and just getting educated. So I think it's, it's half the battle. I, I think there's just, again, we're just ignorant to a lot of things, but Victor, tell us where can people find you? Tell us about the summit. Again, you, you mentioned some of the speakers and some of the things coming up, uh, but just where can people find out more about that and, and more about you? Sure. Yeah. I'm quite, active on instagram and my handle is at blind biohacker unbelievable handle by the way love thank, that thank you thank you um and then my documentary film is available on itunes and amazon prime in the states it's called my neuroplastic adventure it's available on itunes in canada and i think on the ami channel in canada as well because we had uh that connected to that national network there and the vision optimization summit.com vision optimization.com and the summit will be a virtual event will be available soon and once uh, just go on the website and register and there's going to be a bunch of talks there showing different speakers basically talking about kind of different angles of this Goldilocks environment that needs that the eyes kind of need to be in just to take care of the eyes potentially reversing vision loss, uh, getting out of glasses, the power of color therapy, the power of peptides, all of that stuff. So if you want to learn like next level from, from, you know, top researchers and doctors uh, about what can be done for the eyes, I'd highly recommend checking out the summit. Uh, Once it's launched, you know, it's sort of like a course that you could register and and watch at your own pace, all these talks and learn. It's all possible. So uh, just stay tuned. We're, we're uh, on the verge of just promoting the event because everything's all now ready to go. Awesome. Uh, and if people have any questions, you know, reach out to me over Instagram and, you know, I'm quite accessible. I love it. Well, congratulations on the summit, Victor, because I, I know there's a lot of work that goes involved and things like that. And and I'm just, uh, thank you for doing that. Because again, that's just another testimony of, hey, I'm blind. I've got this challenge. And I've also, you dealt with learning disabilities as a kid. You've gone through so much, but you're still adding value to this world. So, man, thank you for being a gift. Thank you for being vulnerable today, Victor. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Ability Podcast. I hope you are coming away from what you heard today, feeling both challenged and encouraged. I hope you start to look at some of the disabilities or disadvantages in your life just a little bit differently and begin to leverage the abilities that you do have to become the best version of yourself. I would be honored if you would take a moment and hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on and share this with your friends and family. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today and I will see you again real soon.